You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, what's up, guys? We are live. I'm Faraz. Zach is here as well. Tell me, did you make it? Did you make it to the second round of the fantasy football playoffs? Uh, big week. You know, interesting night last night. You know, we, you know, not a whole lot of huge performances in yesterday's yeah. game. If you, uh, you started, you started Aaron Jones, you know, got it done for you. <laughs> you went for the Hail Mary with A.J. Dillon. I don't know where that game came from, but uh, he was used near the goal line and he was able to, to get in a couple times. So that, that, listen, you know, I, I was not about that starting A.J. Dillon life in my fantasy football players, unless I was super desperate. I mean, that was an interesting one. Yeah. That one kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting that. You know, Aaron Jones, we know he was going to get the workload. And you look at the box score for AJ Dillon. You know, he, he only had 11 carries. AJ jo- Aaron Jones had 17. Um, he had those two touchdowns and a couple catches that really helped his production. Uh, that was his best performance of the season in terms of fantasy points, right? Uh, kind of came so. out, just kind of came out of left field. Um, it was to the expense of the receivers. And I know, Faraz, you were sweating a little bit last night <laughs> watching that game. I don't know if you were awake. Did you go to bed before that? Were you? No, nah, I couldn't go to bed, dude. I couldn't go to bed. I ha- I was sweating it out. You know, I needed like eight and eight, a little bit more than eight points uh, from eight PPR points from Christian Watson. And I won the game on that last catch uh, for like eight yards or whatever yeah. it was. Like, that's literally what it was. And it was like, you know, I think there was only like a little bit more than two minutes left in the game. And I, I knew this was going to be the last Packers drive because they were they were already up. Mm-hmm. you know, by a decent amount. So, like, you know, there was no way they were going to get the ball back. So I was like, listen, if it's going to happen, it has to happen here. And you know what's <laughs> crazy? Sleeper, Sleeper kind of messed up yesterday because they sent me, and any, anyone who had Christian Watson on Sleeper, they might have got the same notification. Like, let me know in the chat if you if you, if you you got this yesterday. But I got a notification while I'm watching the game that Christian Watson made a big play. It was like a 30 oh, it was like a yeah. 34 it was like a 34 yard uh completion uh and he's out at the 2 yard line. So when I saw and this was on that same drive. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that I'm like, "Oh, let's go." I, and my <laughs> wife was with me. We were trying to watch a show at the same time. I had the game on on my phone uh just kind of next to me mm-hmm. uh cuz I wanted to spend some time with her. So I had it next to me and I'm watching the game. And I'm like, oh, and you know, she knew what was going on, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so Tejas in the chat saying that he got that alert too. And I'm like, damn, like, so where's that play? I'm like, babe, I think he hit it. I think he hit it. Watch this. Watch this. Right. <laughs> so like, we're both watching it on my phone. And like, it was like an Aaron Jones run. Yeah. And then like an Aaron Jones catch. And I'm like, wait, they're already at like the 15 yard line. Like, how the hell, like, how the hell did like Christian Watson score a 30 yard pass play? Right, right now, like it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. So like, I kept on updating the app. I'm like, he didn't get no extra points for that. So I was still down, uh, you know, just by like a point or so. And then he, he, you know, he got that last catch, and I ended up winning. Uh, and this was against you know Lawrence. Lord don't lose on Twitter yeah. and Instagram. You know, he's really really good fantasy players. So like I, I hit him. I know he's an early riser. So I hit him <laughs> up this morning, 
And I'm like, hey, man, you know, I got a little pep, got a little extra pep in my step this morning. Uh, but he was being a good sport about it. He has a lot of more important leagues to worry about. So uh, it seems like he didn't care that much. So uh, I did. Right. So I'm glad I was <laughs> able to pull out the victory, uh, even though it was super close. Both playoff matchups in our league were extremely, extremely close. Yeah. This week, at least, because we had those teams on by. But I was watching yeah. that. I, I couldn't believe it. I saw you also posted on your story this morning. I was like, you know, I'm kind of happy I'm not worried about the playoffs at this point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's too much to stress. About. Yeah, it's too much. Like, my stress is over with. Now I can just focus on giving people their advice that they need. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, no. 100%. It was, a quiet, it was a quiet day for the receivers. Although, Romeo Dubs, you know, he got five targets. I mean, that was right up there with all the pass catchers that were, you know, getting the target share. He, he yeah. didn't have he didn't look too bad, you know, coming back. He's been out for a little bit. So it looks like they're gonna feature him in the offense. We could see a little bit more of him moving forward. Um, I thought maybe Christian Watson, he should have had a bigger game, but um it looks like Romeo Dubs coming back kind of affected his work a little bit. Um it was also just a quiet night overall. Like when the running backs were playing the way they did, you know, you're not gonna have to throw it a whole lot. And then they were up for yeah. most of the game. So Exactly. And you know what? And a buddy of mine texted me saying, like, you know, after that Christian Watson catch, the one that won me the game, yeah, he needed another point or so to win. And he yeah. was he texted me the screenshot and I'm like, oh no. Like, and then what ended up what ended up happening the next play? Aaron Rodgers, right? He he signaled to to Christian Watson that he's gonna, you know, run that, you know, quick slant or whatever it was. He wanted to get Christian Watson, the ball right off the snap. Christian Watson didn't see it. So he ended up just blocking on the play. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers just threw it out of bounds. So it could, they, that could have been a touchdown for Christian Watson right at the end of the game. Right. Uh, so, you know, that that was a huge blow for a lot of people who needed some more points from Christian Watson. Um, you know, that, that was a super disappointing. Like, if, if that was me and I needed that, dude, I would be so upset because like, <laughs> I'll be like, dude, Christian Watson, like, the play was right there. Aaron Rodgers was literally going to hand you a touchdown. Uh, yep. he just didn't see the audible. So I had something like but, that uh, happen to me earlier in the season where Devontae Adams needed one more catch. <laughs> and they went right, that was against uh, yeah. Seattle. They went into overtime the entire last six minutes in overtime. Oh, they it, was, had, it was the Josh they, Jacobs yeah, game. They did yeah, they didn't throw it to him once. I couldn't believe right. it. I needed one point. <laughs> but it happens sometimes, you know. So I, I feel for whoever that guy was, I know. Yeah. So, you know, listen, guys, uh, if you made it all the way to the to semifinals uh, in your league, congratulations. You know, let, let's do the damn thing. All right. Let's win the championship. Let's win some trophies. Uh, we we got to talk about the waiver wire today. So some must adds, some guys that you could potentially plug in this week and next week. There's a few guys that you might want to add this week, you know, not only, you know, to plug in this week, but potentially the next two weeks. OK, right. Uh if you didn't make it and you lost, it's okay. And if you're listening to this, even though you lost, we appreciate it. And it's good to pay attention to what's going on because if you don't pay attention to what's going on, you're not going to have the upper hand going into next year. Right. Okay. And um, maybe you missed Trevor Lawrence's big day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to pay attention. 100%. To it's true. It's true. All right. So let's get into the waiver wire show. Let's get it popping. Uh, yes. But first, can we just talk about Jalen Hurts real quick before we get yeah, into that? Like, that's big he news. has a shoulder. His big news, dude. He has a shoulder sprain, right? He's most likely uh, going to be out this week, and he might even be out for Week 17, right? Yeah. Depending on what they want to do, depending on if they if they win this game. If they win this game, there is a chance that they clinch the number one seed. They if do. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's not. So a they do. Right. Yeah. So now it's it's one of those things where. 
if that happens, they might not need him to play in week 17. Uh, yeah. So you're going to need some, you know, potential options here. This is terrible news, obviously, for anyone who had right. Hurts carry them to the playoffs. Obviously, if you had him, you know, this week, he helps you, you know, win this first week of the playoffs, hopefully, you know, with an unbelievable fantasy performance. Uh, but we have to move on, right? Gardner yeah. Minshew is going to take the reins uh, while Hurts recovers. Um, so, Zach, you have a few options at QB, right, that you might be able to right. pick up off the waiver wire or, or maybe you you already have roster potentially? Right, definitely. Well, first, I think you could think about, you know, Gardner Minshew. You can maybe plug him in. It's a tough matchup against Dallas, but they've been a little bit rough recently. He's probably going yeah. to be available if you want to go get him and there's nobody better on the wire, you could probably pick him up. It's not going to be possible to replace one-for-one one that elite consistency in production you were getting from Jalen Hurts, but you'd be dishonoring the hard work that he's been doing by not addressing this situation and making sure that you win the championship. So he's gotten you this far. Go on without him. This is who we're going to be picking up. Uh, the obvious answers, you know, in one QB leagues are going to be more available than in two QB leagues. You have Jared Goff and Derek Carr. Goff, he has an excellent championship schedule. You know, he faces the Bears in week 17. They're allowing the most points to quarterbacks over the last four weeks. And then the Panthers are a little bit more middle of the pack in week 16. Um, but it's not a bad matchup schedule for uh, Jared Goff. The Steelers and Mitch Trubisky actually had a decent day against his Panthers off, uh, defense. So it wasn't that bad. Um, I, I like Jared Goff's schedule. And then Carr's schedule isn't as good as Goff's because he doesn't have that matchup against the Bears. But he was able to get it done last week against a tough Patriots defense. He did throw three touchdowns, and none of those were with Devontae Adams scoring. So it looks like he's going to be able to distribute the ball in games where you know the matchup isn't perfect. We've seen that and talked about that a couple of times on the podcast. So those two guys, you know, they're obvious answers. Um, they might not be as widely available. You can also pick up Daniel Jones. I don't really trust the offense's playmaking ability, you know, to have that upside that Jared Goff and Derek Carr have. But um, he's a safe floor play. We've seen that all season with his rushing upside. And Saquon Barkley, if he gets back into a groove, you know, maybe there's a pass touchdown or two to go to him. And that could, you know, buoy his production a little bit. And then a couple guys who were going, they're going to be available pretty much everywhere. Uh, Zach Wilson and Brock Purdy. You know, Wilson, he has a great matchup this week against the Jaguars. They're allowing the fifth most points to QBs on the season. Sixth most, sixth most in the last four weeks. And then Brock Purdy, he's in a good situation. He should continue to be efficient against middle of the pack schedule down the stretch. Games against Washington and Las Vegas. Las Vegas could be a good one. I'm not sure how much they're going to be playing for. Maybe uh, they might have a spot locked up. They might be locked into a spot by that point. But as long as he's efficient and he has his playmakers around him and his offense continues to play well in the defense, I think you could trust Brock Purdy if you need to in a pinch. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. I, I think I like Daniel Jones more than you this week. <laughs> I'm always going to pump the brakes with <laughs> Daniel Jones. I don't trust him 100%. He did have a tough no. – it was a rough outing last week, uh, just a couple nights ago, actually, two two nights ago. So yeah, I, I'm not sure how much worst, trust him. That was his worst fantasy performance of the season. Uh, right. This past week. And, you know, besides that, he's had a very solid floor. Um, but it's really, you know, because honestly, like he had a decent day. It's just that Saquon was doing most of the work in that game right. with Washington up. Uh, but against Minnesota, you know, a team who's probably going to put up some points against the Giants. Um, you know, you can see him potentially have to do more. Um, you know, I do like his rushing upside as well. So I think yeah. I think against Minnesota, I think Daniel Jones is a very solid streamer uh, this week. You know, uh, if those other options aren't available, do you, so do yeah, you think he has the upside of guys like Carr or Golf? I, I just don't see. It. I think he's like, like I said, yeah. more of a floor play. I, I, I think, think he that. has a higher upside. He, I think, has higher upside than than Carr because he has a higher chance to to rush one in. He has a higher chance of of uh, you know just r rushing for like sixty yards, you know, in a game and then potentially throw a touchdown or two. So that's why I think his like weekly upside is always going to be higher than 
Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is can be a solid option, but he is somebody that I definitely don't trust. Like if you're looking for a high floor option just to give me points, I'm going with Daniel Jones personally. No, that's fair. I can see that. Yeah. I, I just like yeah. I liked what I saw from Derek Carr last week. It's tough because, it, like I said, it was a tough defense. And Devontae Adams, you know, he had a quiet day. Darren Waller's back. Maybe. Maybe he turns it on down the stretch. Uh, like I said, he's, he's kind of been, you know, backwards. If he's in a good matchup, we expect him to do well. He doesn't. <laughs> and vice versa. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but like I said, he, he has a he has an all right schedule. It's not that bad. Yeah. Um, we got a couple of comments here. Uh, Kevin is asking Minshew or Cousins to replace Hurts. I mean, it's definitely Cousins here. Yeah, right? you have to. Yeah. Um, and then Joseph's asking, he just lost Hurts. Should I start Brady or Goff? It'll probably be Goff for me. Yeah, that's what it would be. I mean, I'm not sure who do the Bucks play this week. I know that Jared Goff's week 16 matchup isn't as good it's a good, as week it's a, 17. It's a, good, it's a good matchup. I mean, Brady is going up against Arizona. So it's, okay. a, it's, a, yeah. it's a good matchup this week. You might be able to get away with I yeah, mean, the, you, the you line could, you could go Brady. Yeah, I just Brady. I think I rather I think I'm I rather go Goff. All right. Yeah. If you want, if you're his, playing the matchup game, yeah, that's one thing. I think but. his receivers have a little bit more upside. You know, it was Russell Gage who caught two touchdowns for Brady this past week. I don't know how how uh, how often that's going to happen. Yeah. No. It's um, not. <laughs> yeah. So so just keep that in mind. Uh, but I think both are solid streaming options this week. Okay. Sounds good. Let's get into the waiver wire. You know, it's it's interesting, man. Like Zach Moss, you know, and and Deion Jackson, the situation. You know, if I'm trying to choose between Zach Moss and Deion Jackson, I think it's harder than it looks. You know, yes, Zach Moss got most of the work, and Jackson hardly saw the field in the second half. But it, it was a game script in which the Colts were just pounding the rock the entire second half. Right uh, now, it's a good matchup against LA, so I think both running backs are in play. And if I had to choose one right now it's probably going to be Moss. Uh, yeah. And that's because of the usage that we saw this past week. But at the same time, like I wouldn't be surprised if Deion Jackson played a bigger role than he played against Minnesota, especially if the Chargers go up in that game. All right, I have yeah. Jackson down at number four on this list, but I think both running backs are the priority running back ads this week. You know, I probably have both ranked outside the top 24 this week uh, in my ranking since I'm you know projecting some sort of timeshare between the yeah. two guys and it's going to be an ambiguous timeshare at that but i do think both guys have some upside uh in this particular matchup i think that's 100 percent fair you know against the chargers they've been pretty bad against the run i'm not sure how much i trust them though like you said the whole reason i think i agree with you zach moss will be the pickup over Deion jackson is because of that workload that we saw but also with Deion jackson when he's come in and he's filled in for jonathan taylor you know pre-zach moss you know, he did a little disappearing act sometimes. You know, he wasn't always fully involved in the offense. It, it seems like they're willing to feature Zach Moss as an early down back, you know, with Jonathan Taylor out at this point. And that's really all you can ask for in this offense. He had those 24 carries, like you said, uh, against the Vikings last week. I can't believe they just – they literally committed to the run. They didn't throw hardly at all in the second half. So I wouldn't expect a heavy workload like that maybe um, this next week. But I think you'll have enough touches to be at least fantasy relevant. He's not going to replace Jonathan Taylor on his own, um, but I think Zach Moss has a higher chance, you know, produce on a more consistent basis than Deion Jackson. I think Deion, Deion Jackson might be a bit re reliant <laughs> uh, on catching catching some passes out of the backfield, uh, where Zach Moss is going to be more consistent for you on a week-to-week -week basis. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and I think when they get near the goal line, Zach Moss will probably, you know, get, get that work. Um, yeah. You know, so it, it's close. I mean, I, if I had to tell you who the better player is, is Deion Jackson. 
Like Zach Moss did not look good last week at all. Um, And, you know, it's part of the reason why they lost the game. I feel like if they gave the ball to Deion Jackson, at least he has a chance of, you know, making some plays. Um, And, you know, we haven't seen Zach Moss make a play in the NFL yet since he he joined, (laughs) even though I did like him coming in to the NFL. But, you know, he hasn't proved that at all at the NFL level. Right. Uh, I have DJ Shark at number two. You know, he, I didn't love Shark this past week, you know, for good reason. Uh, but I'll be back in this week against Carolina. You know, coming into week 15, uh, Carolina was giving up the fourth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last eight weeks. So if Shark is available, I'd look for him to potentially have, you know, close to those, you know, two 100 yard, close to 100 yard games that he's had uh, in the two weeks prior to the Jets game. Yeah, you have to feel like he's good for a long touchdown and a good matchup pretty much every week. You know, Jared Goff is playing well. And even in a tough matchup against the Jets last week, you know, he he played relatively well. So I was wondering if that might rattle him a little bit, having that tough matchup. It doesn't look like it did. He had a quiet day, but there's no reason to think that he can't get back to doing what he needs to do. I, I like Jared Goff definitely this week. He hasn't turned the ball over, I think, in six weeks, which is wow. really good news, you know, for the Lions and the, the offense as a whole. These receivers, they've been getting open. They've been doing their thing. The offenses look good. So I, I'm all in, like you said, on DJ Chark. And if he's not on your roster, on anybody's roster, definitely you want to get your hands on him. Um, he shouldn't be sitting on the waiver wire going into this matchup. Now, if I had a flex play this week and I had to choose between Zach Moss and DJ Shark, it would be DJ Shark. Yeah. Uh, if I needed – but it, but the reason why Zach Moss is at number one is because he's a running back. And mm-hmm. a lot of people had running back troubles, so Zach Moss is at number one. But otherwise, I'm going DJ Shark if I'm choosing between the two guys. Yeah, the positional value tra- rules there. Yeah, exactly. And same thing with Traylon Burks, who I have at number three. If I knew that Burks would be back this week, he'd probably be at number one. But I just yeah. don't know that for sure because, you know, he would be an extreme outlier if he didn't play this week. Right? Guys don't miss three games after a concussion. Right. But he didn't even get a limited practice in last week. And, you know, fo- by, by the way, football week starts earlier with so many games on Saturday with Christmas being on Sunday. So first practice of the week for a lot of these teams is going to be on Tuesday, which is today. Okay, so including the Titans, you know, they play on Saturday. So, you know, we should find out about Burks today. My guess, he'll have a limited practice in today, but if he's practicing in full somehow, somehow he just projects right to a full practice, he might move, you know, all the way up. Maybe I'll move him, you know, I... I, I still think I might have him behind Shark this week because uh, it's a little bit of a tougher matchup for Traylon Burks, but it's right. not the best matchup against the Texans. But I think Burks is a player who can overcome that. Um, but yeah, I, I think he would be somebody that I might even choose over Zach Moss if I knew that he was going to play this week. I'm in full agreement. You know, Traylon Burks, we saw what he was doing. He had that one long catch for a touchdown against the Eagles before he got that concussion. He's been out since. Yep. But even before and then, tough, he was- and it was a tough matchup, too. Yeah, and even before then, he was stringing together good matchups, you know, where he, had, he was getting the target share, he was putting up the production, the long touchdowns, the one fumble touchdown from Derrick Henry that kind of, you know, spurred this whole streak on that he was, that he was going on. But um, I, I think in this matchup, you know, this is a Titans offense that is desperately in need of some playmakers at the pass, as a, in, from pass catchers. I mean, Chagosi McConkwo has come on a little bit, but Ryan Tannehill threw the ball 22 times last week. Uh, that's not anywhere near enough. It was so one-dimensional with Derrick Henry. He was their leading receiver, I believe. Um, so I, I think that you have to look at Traylon Burks at the situation that he's stepping into. He's going to have some volume right off the get because the way he was being used heading in to the games before he was injured, you know, it, it looked really good. He was starting to come on, and we know the type of talent that he is. Uh, I like Traylon Burks if he comes back this week. I think that he should definitely be top priority if we know he's going to play. That's just been the problem already through his short career. He hasn't been on the field. 
So we'll see if he can, you know, clean up those injury issues. That's obviously something that's kind of out of his control, but we hope that we can see him stay healthy for this championship stretch. He could be a value and a really nice flex play the rest of the way. Who would you rather play, Shark or Draylon Burks, if both of them played this week? That's really tough. I like I, I think I like DJ Chark just this week. There's a chance Traylon Burks. I don't think he's going to be limited or anything, but this, I, I think DJ Chark has a better offense that he's working in. He has a right. little bit more competition at receiver, obviously, with Amon Ross St. Brown. Traylon Burks has Trevozzi mm-hmm. McConquo at this point. That's really it. Um, so I, I think that DJ Chark, even though he has a little bit more competition, I like his upside more. He can take the top off of defense. And with the way Jared Goff is playing too, you know, I, I think it's just a better matchup for him overall. Yep. Yeah, I feel you on that. Uh, we talked about Deion Jackson. I have him at number four here. Uh, Marquis going at five. Uh, Tyler Lockett most likely missing this week and possibly the following week as well with that broken finger. And we've seen you know Goodwin pop off at times, right? So the Seahawks have the Chiefs this week. So it's a matchup where Goodwin can do something if you need a flex option uh, or if you need some upside. Right, and you have to figure with Tyler Lockett out that you know Marquis Goodwin will get a little bit more run this week. Um, uh, I think that you look at the way he's produced, even with Tyler Lockett, he's been like a spot performer. You know, he's, he catches yeah. a touchdown here or there. And he was really the thorn in the side of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett owners. I, I don't see, I, I think it wouldn't be too crazy to see him kind of step in to a heavier, you know, workload, just like Tyler Lockett had. Um, because they were being used, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, interchangeably, essentially. And that's why we've had them ranked next to each other for the past like four weeks. I think Marquise Goodwin can step right into that because he's actually demonstrated some pretty good chemistry with Geno Smith. Um, I like the matchup a lot more this week, too. You know, obviously, San Francisco was tough last week, but Kansas City should be a good one. So I think that you can start him as a flex. And I wouldn't, you know, sweat it too much at all. I think this is a really good pickup. He should be available on a lot of wires because up until now, it was just a two-headed attack between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, um, and I have Elijah Moore at six. Uh, I think he's a solid option uh, this week against the Jaguars. You know, another good matchup out of the slot for him. Uh, Zach Wilson did throw for more than 300 yards against the Lions last week. You know, coming into last week, the Jaguars were giving up the second most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the previous eight weeks. So I think solid flex play. Uh, with him being a full-time player again. I, I preferred in PPR leagues, you know, yeah. who knows if he scores or not. Um, but, you know, I think now that he's a full-time player, PPR flex play, solid pickup if he's available. That's the biggest thing for me, like we said. This whole, you know, full-time player thing, actually sticking around for a few weeks, that's good news for Elijah Moore. And that could kind of put him right up there, like you said, with most of the Jets receivers not named you know, Garrett Wilson. Obviously, he has the upside, but I think Elijah Moore, he could come on there was a little bit more chem- chemistry between Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson than we'd seen in previous weeks. I think that we can trust him a little bit more. He could pick him up. He's on the wire. I don't like him as much as the other receivers. Obviously, at the top of this list, DJ Chark, Traylon Burks, Marquise Goodwin, but he can get it done. There's a chance he might be picked up already. He had a couple of good weeks. And Mike White should be back after this week, right? So for the second round I hope of the playoffs. So. For the second round of the championship, because assuming it's a two-week championship, right? I think that he should be good. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, the Jets have Seattle in week 17. The perimeters, the perimeter against Seattle is tough, right? They have, they, they've been defending perimeter wide receivers very tough, but the slot has been vulnerable. So Elijah Moore, again, can potentially be a flex option in week 17 for your championship, you know, if you're desperate, obviously. Right. Um, you know, I got Tyler Algier at seven. Uh, he got volume. He produced, you know, just keep in mind that his role didn't really change. You know, yeah. there's still a 50-50 split between him and Cordell Patterson. There just happened to be, you know, more overall volume available for the running backs this past week. And, yeah. you know, this game did show us that the volume can be there. 
So that's good. Um, that's why that's why he's a solid pickup. Uh, the game scripts the next two weeks against Baltimore and Arizona can be favorable for the Falcons. Yeah. Like at least at least have them you know as neutral game scripts. So he's a decent flex play uh, the rest of the way. I'm kind of intrigued by Tyler Algier. You know, it's worth noting that in Desmond Ritter's first start that he saw season high in carries and rushing yards, and he had his best performance of the season. Uh, that was with the Falcons being down at one point in the game, too, at 14-0. So I kind of think that this workload could kind of increase or just, you know, stick around at this higher rate that we'd seen and you know, that we haven't seen in the past few weeks. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Falcons, you know, just test the rookies that they have down the stretch. It definitely doesn't mean anything this season long term. So they could just run Tyler Algier and see what he can do. I don't think they're just going to leave Cordero Patterson out. But there's a chance that they just say, all right, let's see what Tyler Algier has to offer for us. You know, if he can build up a little momentum heading into the next season. He's tallied double digit carries in all but three games he's played this season. Um, I don't think there's not much more you can ask for out of a waiver wire pickup. He's been on the wire. He's a pretty good candidate to get double digit carries each week. And that's really all you need from a guy that's on the waiver wire. who just had a week like he did. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a good point. You know, it's possible that the, the overall volume for that entire backfield increases moving forward. And and didn't didn't Caleb Huntley like tear his Achilles or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he's out. Mistaken? Yeah, he did. Right? That, that, yeah, he that, did. That, that that absolutely sucks for yeah. Caleb Huntley. Um, yeah, Achilles injury for Caleb Huntley. So, you know, most likely they also, if I'm not mistaken, they also cut. Uh, who, who was that other running back that they had? I think they still um, have Avery Williams, if that's who you're talking about. Yeah, they about. still have Avery Williams. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So most likely this will just turn into a two-man backfield uh, right. for the most part. So that that kind of increases the floor a little bit more for Tyler Algier moving forward. I got Juwan Johnson at eight. You know, like I mentioned yesterday, you know, seven touchdowns in his last six games in which he didn't have to leave the game with an injury. Uh, no, there's no tight end right now in the league who's scoring touchdowns like him. Right. So right. pick him up, start him, you know, even though the matchups don't seem ideal, it's like, you know, he, he's a, he's a tight end one at this point, uh, you yeah. know, low and tight end one, but touchdown dependent, but like, what else do you need from your, from your tight end? Right. Like yeah. it's literally like you're, you're, you're scratching and clawing when it comes to like <laughs> any tight end pass, like the top six or seven. Yeah. Hey, touchdown dependent means a lot more it's a lot more alarming for a running back or receiver than it is a tight end because it's, true. it's also good to know that you know yeah he might be touchdown dependent but you just said seven touchdowns i love last, like how many weeks i is? love like, touchdown I, touchdown dependent tight ends yeah so <laughs> like, that's the, it's the funniest thing we're saying at this point but you look back at the healthy games that he's had you know the past five weeks he played four of them obviously against san francisco he he got injured in that game i think but Atlanta, 22 points, and he had 12, 15, 13 the weeks before that. Like, that's consistency that you're not seeing really out of any other tight end besides Travis Kelsey. So at this point, there's no reason not to pick him up uh, as long as the streak. I bet on this streak continuing um, faster than I would bet on a guy like Trey McBride or someone else that you're going to pick up on the waiver wire having a big game. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Darius Slayton at number nine, he has a good matchup this week against Minnesota. Uh, he does run most of his – he's been running lately. He's been running a lot of his routes on the right side uh, where Patrick Peterson is, and they've been playing a lot better on that right side. The left side is really where, uh, you know, the, the vulnerability is. So, you know, it's a good matchup on paper, you know, but I, I think I still think low-end wide receiver three uh, for Darius Slayton this week just because he's going up against Minnesota. Yeah, I think that kind of fits. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of Daniel Jones, but this matchup is pretty good. Um, Darius Slayton, he's kind of been, like we said, the de facto number one, but 
the passing work hasn't been all too reliable. We saw Saquon Barkley kind of come back and do his thing last week. I wouldn't be surprised to see that continue this week. They don't have to lean on Daniel Jones, and they actually have a leg up now on Washington, you know, for the playoffs. I think that they might have something to play for. They'll be in a good game script for Darius Slayton. You could pick him up, I, I think. I, I wouldn't trust him as much as the guys like we said we mentioned before, but he's been a, a solid floor player for, player for you the past few weeks, and he'll continue to do that. I don't see that stopping against Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and Jahan Dotson, you know, I think he probably has more upside uh, than Darius Slayton. You know, he moved oh, yeah. around, you know, Dotson moved around a little bit uh, this past week against the Giants, uh, but he ran routes out of the slot and on the right side 78% of the time. And those two spots are where the 49ers have been vulnerable. So, yeah, like I might be okay starting Dotson this week as a low-end wide receiver three. You know, early on, I'm like looking at this 49ers matchup. I'm like, eh. Eh, I'm not sure if I want to, but then looking at it a little bit deeper, I'm like, you know what? Like that's a, kind of a good start this week. Yeah. He, he's like an under the radar start. I wouldn't call him a good start, you know, cause it is a 49ers defense that we're talking about, but I think he's an under the radar guy. Someone that you might call a sleeper. I mean, you had your yeah. sleeper last week. I mean, was it Jahan Dotson? Yeah. So could, yes. he, could he be a sleeper, sleeper for two weeks in a row? We'll have to see. To I, I think he can get it done. <laughs> um, you know, Washington's offense, it didn't look very good against the giants last week, but it's a tough test. I could see him hanging around in this game. This game means a lot for their playoffs, um, the playoff clinching scenarios or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think that Jahan Dawson has a chance to have a good game. I'm not sure Terry McLaurin has a good game. I don't like Curtis Samuel. Obviously, you haven't really been starting Curtis Samuel this year. Um, but Jahan Dotson, since he's come back, like you said, and he's back fully from that injury, he, he's been producing. He's been able to get it done for you. And granted, that's been two games against the Giants, but it looks like he's kind of here to stay. Where I was writing them off a little bit, so <laughs> I'll give you your props on that one. You had this, you had this one called uh, about two weeks ago. The the 49ers have given up the eighth most receiving yards to wide receivers uh, over the past four weeks, so something to keep an eye on there, right? Like their defense is good, good pass rush, good uh, rushing defense, but when it comes to the secondary, a little bit spotty, a little bit spotty yeah. there, especially when it comes to wide receivers. I just wonder how Heineke's going to fare. I mean, the, yeah, I'm assuming agreed. they're starting him, right? I think there's a chance if he has a tough go of it, they said they're sticking with Heineke for now. Maybe do we see some Carson Wentz in this game? Maybe it, it's, it's, dude, it, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would not be surprised, be surprised at all. And that wouldn't be necessarily a bad thing, I don't think, either for uh, Jahan Dotson. I mean, he had four touchdowns in the first few games. He was leading rookie receivers in touchdown catches with Carson Wentz at the helm, obviously, before he right. was injured. So let's see, who else do I have here? Uh, Chico Oconquo, you know, Traylon Burks, like I mentioned, you know, he might be bad this week. But still, like, Oconquo, he did run more routes than Austin Hooper this week, but barely. Like, I think it was like one more route <laughs> or yeah. two more routes or something like that. So it's still pretty much a 50-50 split in terms of routes run between the, these two guys. So that's not ideal. But he's so good that, you know, when they get to the red zone, that sort of thing, play action, Oconquo is always going to be an option. Right. Yeah. So again, with the landscape of tight ends, I think Oconco is is still, even with Traylon Burks back, I think you can still stream him. Yeah, I think he's absolutely a streamer. I think he's a higher end streamer than a lot of these guys. I mean, maybe outside of Juwan Johnson. But the tight end position, like you said, as weak as it is, the Titans passing game was anemic, you know, last week. Like I said, uh Ryan Tannehill only threw twenty two passes. I think he's a pickup regardless of whether Traylon Burks comes back or not. You know, he was second on the yeah. team in opportunities behind Derrick Henry's twenty five. You know, not close at all. Um, but his primary competition is coming from Robert Woods and Chris Conley, who have been, you know, just super quiet. 
this year. At least it was last week. So I think that even with Burks coming back, you know, it's just going to increase the pass plays that they run, and that could result in a higher workload even for Chikosium Okonkwo than he had last week because they were just getting away completely from the pass against the Chargers. Yeah, I hear that. The Texans have given up the six most fantasy points two tight ends over the last four weeks. So, you know, it could be a decent day for Okonko. Right. Uh, and then Chris Moore on the other side of that matchup, you know, going up against the Titans, we talked about how bad the Titans have been defending perimeter wide receivers, something that I didn't get right last week. You know, I was talking about Josh Palmer and Mike Williams, you know, both having really, really good matchups. Neither of them, you know, could come through with, with, with I mean, they had okay games, but it wasn't nearly the type of game that I thought at least Mike Williams would have. Uh, yeah. But it remains a good matchup. You know, Chris Moore has been getting targeted. Now, here's the thing. Will Brandon Cooks play, right? Will yeah. Nico Collins play? We don't know. I think Brandon Cooks was close to playing this past week, but, like, I don't even know if they want to play him. They've like, been saying not, that the past couple weeks. Right? So I, I don't it, it, think... It, it, it's kind of weird. Like, it, it, I kind of feel like they're not going to play him, like, all, yeah. like, for the rest of the year. They're just going to shut him down, right? That's what kind of what it feels like to me. Yeah, that's what it feels like, but it just also doesn't make sense. It's just such a weird situation with Brandon Cooks because he knew what he was getting into, you know, when he signed a two-year contract to be with the Texans during the rebuild. Right. And then halfway through the season, he requests a trade. He doesn't get it. And then you know, he's been on, like, hiatus. You know, maybe it's an injury, maybe not. We know he's a little bit disgruntled. It's just been a weird situation. So you're right. I don't know if we're going to see him back. I think even if Nico Collins comes back, you know, Chris Moore could have a little relevance. I mean, not that either of these guys are, like, big-name receivers, but maybe they'll just help spread out the defense a little bit. You know, they'll have to deal with somebody yeah. that isn't just a practice squad guy. But like you said, he has two really good matchups, I think, in the championship uh, coming up these next two weeks. Um, I don't like the offense still, so it's not like we're going to just say, yeah. oh, this guy has a perfect matchup and he's going to go off. No, but he should definitely be on rosters at this point, especially after that game he had against Dallas two weeks ago. And the Texans, they've been hanging around against good teams. You know, they had Dallas and the Chiefs back to back, and they took them both to the wire. Uh, they easily could have won either of those games. They should have beat Dallas. Thank God they didn't. But I, I think that Chris Moore in an offense that has looked a little bit better these past couple of weeks could be a spot producer for you if you need it. My, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's interesting because he's been playing on the outside with, with Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins out, but right. when they've been in, or at least one of them has been in, he's moved to the slot. So in this particular matchup, I prefer him to be on the outside just because yeah. they're a lot worse on the outside than they have been defending the slot. So, you know, we'll see how that one works out, but he's still a solid pickup regardless. Uh, Chuba Hubbard uh, at number thirteen, the Lions. Uh, you know, they they might they they might go up on the Panthers this week. That would be my assumption. Would you agree? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that could definitely be the case. I think so. So I don't think I don't think the Panthers have the firepower to match. Exactly, and because of that, I think it is going to be Chuba Hubbard on the field more than Deontay Foreman this week. If I had to guess who had more snaps in this game between the two, I would guess Hubbard. He's been kind of inching his way closer in the rushing department as well, like between yeah. like, you know, this overall running back rushing share uh, for the Panthers. And then on top of that, he's the primary pass catcher. And he's been a little efficient in the pass game um, this year. So especially lately. So now yeah. ha, ha, I see him potentially having, you know, 10 point floor in this game against the Lions, mostly, you know, in PPR leagues, you know, coming out of the backfield. So um, I think he's a solid pickup. If you desperately need a running back, he's available in a lot of leagues. Yeah, I like him more than Foreman, definitely this week. And maybe rest of the season, we'll have to see how this workload splits up. But he did run a lot more routes. I think it was 16 to two last week, you know, over Deontay Foreman. 
Um, so I, I think that he definitely has, like I said, like I said, the, and we said the receiving work is what's keeping him afloat, and that's perfectly fine, you know, in this yeah. offense, and especially in a matchup where, like you said, they might end up going down. He'll be catching some passes if he gets five or six passes. You know, there's a chance he scores two on the ground. He had a couple goal line carries, I think, two weeks ago. So he was right. getting he like you said he's inching closer. Things are trending up for Chuba Hubbard, where things are going you know kind of downwards for Deontay Foreman. I'm not sure how much I agree with that. I think Deontay Foreman should you know get at least a a decent share of the pie. Um, I think that he has the talent to do that. But the way things are trending right now, obviously we don't have control over that. We could say we wish whatever we want, but Chuba Hubbard he's trending up right now. And I think he's a guy to have at this point in the backfield. I wouldn't drop Deontay Foreman just in case things turn around, right. but um. At Truba Hubbard, I would start him. I'm not starting Deontay Foreman this week. I, I agree. And, you know, it's really game script, right? Like, Truba Hubbard was on the field for 63% of snaps last week, and it's because they were down uh, yep. in that game, you know, especially later on. Um, and I think that's going to be the same case this week. And potentially in Week 17 against Tampa could be something similar. Uh, I would expect that game to be a little bit closer. Uh, division game, you know, uh, yeah. Tampa isn't necessarily the type of offense that's going to like just rain points on you, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy to say, uh, but it's true. So, you know, he, he is definitely um, in that game, particular game as well. Like he would be in flex consideration um, as well. I think so for sure. Yep. Uh, Jermichael Hasty at number 14 here, uh, you know, calm down, everybody. Everything's fine <laughs> with Travis Etienne. He actually did practice in full yesterday in their full practice you know, first practice of the week. So, you know, that ankle scare that he had during the game, he wasn't on the injury report coming into this week. So that's a good sign. He'll be good to go against the Jets. Not a great matchup for him, but whatever. The reason why Chuba, uh, the reason why Jermichael Hayes is on this list is because it's a Thursday game, right? You you might have an opportunity to pick up a Thursday night player, a handcuff for Thursday night and potentially drop them. If you play on Yahoo or Sleeper or your league settings are such that you can drop any of your bench players between Thursday and Saturday or between Thursday and Sunday, as long as they are, weren't in your starting lineup, you could do that, right? And that's that's kind of why I'm saying pick up Jermichael Hasty just in case, because the Jaguars play the Texans in Week 17. Right. So if anything were to happen to ETN, you have a must, almost a must-start player in Jermichael Hasty, who got a, a far majority of the snaps in that one game with when ETN was out, right? Yeah. So, or at least at least in the game where uh, ETN went out er early uh, in that first quarter. So uh, someone just, just pick up and stash for this week, pretty much. Yeah, we're not picking him up to play him in our lineup this week, assuming nothing right. you know goes downhill with Travis ETN. But this is the kind of move where, you know, like you can't get hurt, especially if you have the room on your bench, you know, just pick him up and see what he does. I know you've been doing this all season, <laughs> every Thursday yeah. night. And we, <laughs> we see the, you know, feed light up. Uh, Faraz made a roster move. Faraz made, Faraz made a roster move. So I know what you're saying. Yeah, Jermichael Hasty definitely. I would pick him up just in case. Uh, it is a short week. I don't think you know he's going to have any type of workload that's going to be challenging Travis Etienne. But um, maybe if you know, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves either. We know the Jags might be trending towards playoff contention, depending on how the Titans do down the stretch. If they go up, maybe in a game against the Texans, maybe Jermichael Hasty gets some run at the end of the game so they can keep Travis Etienne fresh for the playoffs. Like I said, you don't want to get too ahead of ourselves but that's just a potential thing i could see too kind of working out in his favor you know it's funny i have another giants receiver here at 15 you know just just i have richie james at 15 you know he's just been kind of getting it done quietly you know in yeah. ppr you know just for a ppr floor if you need it in a good matchup uh against minnesota 
Uh, I even think Isaiah Hodgins is a little sneaky, you know, if you're in a deep league, yeah. uh, just because he's the one running routes on that left side that we keep talking about every single week against Minnesota. So just keep that in mind if you're in deep leagues. James Cook, I have him at 16 here. He caught that touchdown last week uh, from Josh Allen. But the reason why I have him here is because if you're in a deeper league and you need a running back, this is Bears week for the Bills. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things where like there could be a lot of um, overall volume, like similar to what we talked about with Algier and Cordell Patterson this past week where the overall pie was a lot bigger. And I think the overall pie for this uh, running back rushing share this week against the Bears could be higher than normal. So we could see like, you know, 15 carries for Singletary and like 13 for James Cook. It's very possible. Now, is it a risk to play James Cook? I definitely think it's a risk to play James Cook. But, you know, if you're in desperate times, you know, he's somebody that is an option. Now, just this particular week. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And if you're picking up James Cook, you know, you don't want him starting against anybody else besides Chicago, you know, who's been just terrible against running backs this year. And that's why that was just like, you know, salt in the wound of Miles Sanders having a bad game last week. Know. You know, you just expected so much more out of him against this Bears defense has just been terrible against running backs. I don't think James Cook is going to like capitalize. I don't think he's going to have like this humongous game. But like you said, in a desperate spot, you could maybe start him and get away with it. Um, the Bills could go up. I want to say that loosely because the Bears have actually been competitive. That's like purely because of Justin Fields. Um, but we'll see how things go. If they go up, maybe James Cook gets a little bit more run down the stretch. He has been the pass catcher, though, and Devin Singletary does, you know, kind of salt the game out. We'll see how it goes. When you get to this part of the waiver wire, you know, you're just kind of shooting for upside here. I think James Cook, yeah. he could be a nice play just given the matchup. Um, it, it gets a little bit diluted with, you know, why are we picking these guys up? The matchup, I think, alone is enough to have him on your roster, at least for this week, because his, his value can really only go up. You know, and another guy you can shoot for upside is Romeo Dubs. You know, he led the Packers in receiving yeah. yesterday, right? And this is his first game back. And I don't know if you saw this, Zach, but his route participation was only 30%. Yeah, he only no, ran He only ran 10 routes, and he was targeted five times. So that's a 50% target per route run rate right there for Romeo Dubs. So if he yeah. was able to do that in just a, a hand, like literally two hands, you know, full of, you know, just that, that's all the amount of routes he ran. So like moving forward, he has two pretty good matchups uh, the rest of the way, right? He has Miami and Minnesota the next two weeks. It's two so, very good matchups. <laughs> you know, I think he's an upside play because – and the floor is low, I still think, because the target distribution is a question mark, right? Like, yeah. would you be surprised if Alan Lazard led, led them in targets next week? I wouldn't. You know, Christian Watson, obviously, still there. He's the play out of this wide receiver core, obviously. Um, but I think, you know, moving forward, like Romeo Dubs is somebody that, you know, we saw him get it done when he had opportunity earlier, earlier on in the season before he went into, you know, the doghouse a little bit, then he got hurt. Um, but yeah. he looked just fine this week. Aaron Rodgers was looking for him when he was running routes. So somebody to pick up and, you know, potentially even play next week. Yeah, I think that Romeo Dubs, you could get away with starting him next week, maybe. And especially the week after, you know, against Minnesota. He was getting targeted, like you said, at an extremely high rate. And he, that was on a low percentage of snaps. Maybe they're just kind of working him back from that injury. If he comes back and has 50 or 60% route participation, you know, do you think that number could go up to like eight or nine targets? I'm not saying we can't just extrapolate like that. You know, it's going to be, it doesn't, it's not a positive I think, correlation, but I think his route participation this upcoming week is going to go up to like 75%. Okay. I so do. 75. Uh, you, I, I, I think like on th in three wide receiver sets, I think he's going to end up playing him and Lazard are going to end up playing over Randall Cobb. 
Yeah, if it goes to 75%, like, is that best-case scenario, do you think? Uh, no, I think best-case scenario is, like, 90%, because, you know, it depends on if they prefer to play Romeo Dubs over, like, Alan Lazard, which I doubt would be the case. I think, I would assume that in most 11 personnel, 10 personnel, you know, Romeo Dubs will probably be on the field only for those situations. So, yeah, I would say 75%. All right, that makes sense. I, I think that Romeo Dubs, he can definitely get it done. You know, I like what we saw from him last night. If he gets, you know, like we said, more participation, he can get more targets. I think Christian Watson still has um, the stranglehold on, you know, Aaron Rodgers' top target. Alan Lazard yeah. hasn't really looked that way. Um, you know, he's been on the field the past couple of weeks. He's been, you know, relatively quiet. Yeah. I like, would I be surprised? You asked if I would be surprised about Alan Lazard leading the team in targets next week. I would. You know, at this point, uh, I think Chris, with Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs on the on the field, and then AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, you know, Aaron Jones, he's a good pass catch and running back. I'd be surprised if he leads the team in targets next week. I, I'm not big on Alan Lazard at this point. Um, I, I think that I would go with the youth movement here. Go Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson. Those would be the two I'd consider starting. Obviously, starting Christian Watson, but you can get away with Romeo Dubs, I think, as a flex. He has really nice upside that you're not going to see really with many more receivers on the waiver wire. Hundred um, percent, Gus Edwards. I have him at eighteen. I, you know, I think when Lamar is back, uh, the Ravens probably won't be in negative game scripts, and I still think this is going to be as close to a fifty-fifty split as possible. You know, with Dobbins leading the way, but yep. I think it's very, very possible. Like we talked about Algier, you know, getting double-digit carries most likely every single week moving forward. I think we can say the same thing about Gus Edwards, especially if Lamar is back. Yeah, Gus Edwards has kind of been a mainstay for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, he's going to continue to get those touches. He doesn't have, I don't think, quite the upside. Um, you know, J.K. Dobbins, he's still going to lead the way. And we saw him. He has two straight 120-plus yard rushing games. And he's only going to, going to get healthier. But I think as he's getting healthier, you know, you can get away maybe with Gus Edwards. I wouldn't be very comfortable starting him. But just in case anything would maybe happen to J.K. Dobbins down the stretch, you know, I don't think – I think he's more of a stash than he is like, you know, a bench and play type of uh, movement this week. And, and Matt Collins, you know, who's just been a decent streamer, wide receiver all year. You know, he had a touchdown this past week. Uh, decent matchup against Pittsburgh, especially on that right side where he runs most of his routes from. But so he does actually have a good matchup this week, uh, particularly. Um, and then I got Khalil Herbert at twenty. You know, not that doesn't really have great matchups the next couple of weeks against Buffalo and Detroit, and it's tough to trust him. You know, this week he should be back this week, uh, but yeah. you know he'll be back. You know, if you need a, like a what the heck flex play, obviously he's deeper than all these guys here. But my assumption is that he's going to eat into David Montgomery's workload a little bit. We saw that he had big play potential. So yep. you have that to hang your head on. You know, we saw that multiple weeks of like, oh, like maybe we should play Khalil Herbert over David Montgomery, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for a week or two, we were ranking him above David Montgomery. Yeah. But then it kind of went swung back in Montgomery's favor. But, you know, if the matchups were a little bit better, like Detroit in week 17, not a great matchup. Um, you know, he has upside, floor of zero. But if you're shooting for it, Sure, why not? Yeah, he's like a YOLO play. You know what I'm saying? With YOLO. Khalil Herbert there, you know. The other thing you can hang your hat on, you know, you say he has the explosive ability. Maybe he was getting, you know, relatively close carries to Dave Montgomery. Is You know, they actually said that they were going to ride the hot hand before, you know, he went down with an injury in this backfield. So you kind of can yeah. hang your hat on that too. Um, he's He looked really good. I think you just got to kick the tires on him. I think there's no reason to leave him on the waiver wire. Somebody else could pick him up and benefit from right. him. I would exactly. just, just see what you can get with Khalil Herbert. The, it's a move. You're not going to get hurt, but it could pay off a lot, especially if he comes back and has a similar role to what he had before the injury. Agreed. Exactly. And and that's going to do it, guys. That's our top 20 right there. Um, 
you know, in a deeper league, like, you know, Russell Gage, you know, he did have two touchdowns from Tom Brady. Just keep an eye on that. You know, if Mike, Mike, if um, Julio Jones is out again, not super dependable, but decent matchup. Um, yeah. Demarcus Robinson also, you know, I'm not sure if I trust him as much with Lamar, but Tyler Huntley has been targeting him. So deep PPR, flex play, 14-team leagues only. Um, and that's really about it. That's all we got. Um, yeah. The, good luck, you know, picking up who you, who you guys want on your waiver wire this week. Tomorrow we'll be back with our quarterback rankings and our running back rankings for week 16 for the semifinals of our championship runs. Uh, take these guys. <laughs> the home stretch, baby. The home stretch. All right, everybody. Uh, good luck this week, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Take it easy. Bye-bye.